So the reading is from Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Uh, Emma, would you mind? Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, thanks very much. Yes, I can see over the lectern, but only just. <laughs> I know you're all thinking it. <laughs> um, yeah, a very well-known, well-known scripture. And please don't switch off now and think, oh, I've heard this one. I've heard this sermon quite a lot of times. So, you know, I, I know this, this bit because I, I believe God always has new things to reveal to us and certainly for me while I've been weighing this for three weeks while God's been speaking to me about it he has done so much in my life as well and uh, and amazed me with how incredible he is it's amazing because they they are such small verses these verses and yet wow I mean so much meaning in actual fact the key to living our whole lives are in those few verses. Um, it's no coincidence that before then, in chapter 11, where we hear all about the people of faith, the heroes of the faith, and we're given lots of different examples um, showing us how they honoured God, how they persevered, how they endured through incredible difficulties and didn't see get to see the fruit of what they were working towards but they continued in the race they continued to focus on God so we're given that example of trusting and how that trust can provide uh, can produce obedience despite our doubts and fears and um the letter of Hebrews was written to a church who had lost motivation they'd basically gone completely off the boil they'd become complacent they'd switched off they weren't they weren't living in that passion of God and his love and um, they'd start to drift they'd lost their battle mentality they'd lost that real oomph and enthusiasm they'd lost the vigilance and energy to, uh, to, uh, chapter 2 and 3 they're urged to pay attention and not to neglect their salvation and it's because that disease of drifting and neglecting had come into the church so people were growing careless they were growing spiritually lazy and um, negligent uh, and they needed really needed motivating um, like I said, I'm not suggesting that um, we've all gone off the boil. However, I believe we need motivating all the time and encouraging. So that's what I'm here to do today. That's what I really believe God wants me to do today. So to paint a picture of the race that's been talked about here, number one, it's not a 100-metre sprint. 
it's a long haul race, it's a marathon. Number two, it's not the summer athletics. So um, we've got changing weather all the time for different runners. So some might be running in the rain, some are running in the storm, some are running in the lovely sunshine. You can be running in the sun and then suddenly a storm blows in and you've got, we've got to keep going, we've got to keep running the same. Number three, we train on the job. We don't get to train first. I'm quite a perfectionist. I like to perfect things first. And then when I, when I produce them, yeah, I do it well. No, not, not in this case. We train on the job. Number four, there's a route. Yes, but we can't see it. We have to trust. We have to fix our eyes on Jesus and we have to trust as we run. And number five, everyone wins. It's not a race. It's not a race where one person wins, where we're competing. Everybody wins. So, fantastic. I want to be a part of that. That's great. Okay, so, like I said, it's referring to a marathon. So, it's, we're in it for the long haul. It's a slow and paced, forward-moving race. Because as soon as you hear the word race, I don't know about you, but you kind of think, right, whew, let's get there as quick as we can, get it over and done. You can hear it. You can just imagine, you, you feel like you need the music. But it's not like that at all. It's slow-paced. I'm sure many of us here, me included, would prefer to do the 100-metre sprint. Because actually... It's, it's easier to just get on and do it and, okay, fantastic, right, that's it, what's next? That's how I shop in Meadowhall. <laughs> I don't like shopping, so when I get in Meadowhall, I'm like, what do I need? Straight in a shop, no, can't see it, out. Straight in another shop, no, can't see it, out. As soon as I've done, I'm like, oh, praise God, I can go back to my car. That's kind of how, you know, I don't enjoy shopping and especially don't like Meadowhall. So I think a lot of us would like to do that, but actually, as we know, it's all about the process. It's all about the process of transformation that Jesus does while we're running, and that takes time. In fact, it takes our whole lives. So there's no point in rushing it, actually, because we're here, and we're here, we're in it for the long haul. And actually, the hardest bits, the storms and the desert times, they're the parts that are most important, because they're the parts, they're the times when God does the most within us. And actually, instead of wanting to rush through those, we need to embrace those times. And obviously, there's a course to complete. There's a goal to reach. Ultimately, eternity in heaven, which, you know, I think is pretty great. Better than any prize I've heard of. So we've got to put the time in. We've got to put the effort in. We've got to be committed to it. Because if we're not committed to it and we're not focused on Jesus, then we're never going to get there. He is all we need. So how do we run? First thing, we fix our eyes on Jesus, our hope. And Jesus is not just standing at the end of the, of the race. I used to think, like when I heard this scripture, I used to imagine Jesus at the end cheering us on and we were, getting to, we were working our way towards him. The problem with that is that that relies on me to get to him. But actually, no. Of course he is at the finish line. He will be there at the finish line with us. But he's cheering us on all the time as we go. He's working within us. He's changing us. He's transforming us by his spirit. He's instructing us. He's loving us. He's healing us. He's equipping us all the time. He's on. He's on with us, on with us, on with us. And of course, 
he brought us the freedom in the first place to run the race. Without, without what we've talked about today, we wouldn't be running the race at all. He brought us that freedom through the cross. And uh, we heard last week when Nikkei was speaking about how before, even before he went to the cross, he went through all that terrible rejection from the disciples. And that in itself is an incredible amount of pain I was reading this morning about David and Saul and about how when Saul was hunting David down and, and David wrote Psalm 18 and asked God, please take me to a spacious place, the pain of rejection that he must have felt because they were so close. So for Jesus to have to hear his friends reject him as if he wasn't important, that would have been an immense amount of pain, let alone anything else. Then, of course, there was the physical pain of the cross. And like Sus was saying earlier, it's really hard to actually properly identify with that pain, with the, the, the physical pain of the crown of thorns and the spear in his side, of the nails, of being hoisted up and slammed down into a hole where the cross was going to be, and of hanging on there just by, by the nails horrendous, horrendous, horrendous pain. And then also the shame of nakedness. Nakedness. It's really kind, isn't it, in the pictures when, um, you know, they put a loincloth on Jesus, but he would have been naked, so he would have been up there in all his nakedness. And that would have been horrendous for him. It would have been awful. And then, of course, worst of all, separation from the Father and taking all the sin upon himself and conquering hell and death unimaginable it's just incredible and I we hear about it every week don't we we read about it every day but I pray that we never ever ever become immune to to that in actual fact that the further along the race we we get the more and more sensitive we are to it the more and more Jesus gives us gives us an understanding of what he went through of the pain that he went through so that more and more we can, we can glorify his name and show him how grateful and how thankful we are. And more and more, too, that we would uh, really recognize and understand more of that deep passion of love that he had for us that led him to the cross and that we would, we would seek for him to fill us with that deep passion of love so that we can love other people out of that such a deep 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 passion uh, God's been really working on me with the that, that understanding of Jesus because um, I said in the devotion a couple of weeks ago that you know I grew up in the church and hearing the thing of Jesus meek and mild it wasn't really very helpful for me because I've always been able to really relate to God and the Holy Spirit but actually I found it quite hard to relate to Jesus because I saw him as this meek and mild kind of man and now he is so much more uh, helped me to understand the sacrifice that he went through and who he is and his passion of love for me and for everybody else. So he is the coach that is spurring us on through the Holy Spirit. And of course, he set the perfect example because no matter what he faced, he focused on the Father. His heart was in the Father the whole time. No matter what happened, his heart was set on the Father. And he was fully obedient to whatever the father asked him to do. He was fully obedient to the plan. 
And obviously, then he was able to make the way. And he is with us every single step that we take. We will never take a step when he's not there. We will never take a step that's not with him, in him, if we keep with the track. Um, the scripture here, it says uh, the author, uh, author of, does it say it on this one? Yes, the author and perfecter of our faith. The author, the pioneer, the initiator, the champion, the leader, the perfecter. He made the way. And yes, on this race, there are still hurdles. Many, 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 many hurdles for us to go over. But the roadblocks have been removed. The way is clear and he has made the way for us. And uh, provided that perfect example of endurance because he looked beyond the painful circumstances to the whole plan, to God. He knew what God wanted to accomplish and he looked to the Father to walk him through. So how do we run? Second, we receive training as we go. There's a process of transformation and it's all for our good it's hard but it's all for our good I loved what Nikkei shared last week about not just binding up the enemy but actually praying for increased faith because we so easily go oh, we bind up the enemy and we just pray that you'll keep him away and actually because we want the easy route but I really loved that that she shared that about actually praying for increased faith increased strength because that's what we need God is everything that we need um, and we need to keep our focus. Um, I'm going to give you an example of one time when I kept my focus. It wasn't on Jesus. Um, I was shopping in Aldi. And um, I was, uh, you know, buying up my stuff for the week. And I got this phone call from an unknown number. Normally I wouldn't answer it, actually, but I was busy shopping. So, so I answered the phone. It was Sam. Hi, Mum. Uh, I think I've left my phone at home. So when you get home, will you check that um, it's there? Let me know. Yeah, no problem. Carry on shopping. Potatoes. Peppers. Don't forget the frozen peas. Get to the checkout. Just going through the checkout. Phone rings again. Hi, Mum. It's Sam. Hi, love. I'm just at the checkout. Is it important? Uh, yeah, I can see my phone. It's on its way down Stubbly Lane on the bus. Right. I'm tracking it. I've logged into the tracker so I can see where it's going. It's on the way down Stubbly Road. Right, OK, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> well, I thought you could go and fetch it. <laughs> and, you know, we were pretty tight for money and everything. I thought, well, okay, I'm just going to have to go and get this phone. What else can I do? So I, I jumped in the car, set off. You know, I was very, why don't you the phone again? You know, please look after your phone. Why don't you sort things out? You know, you've, you've got to take responsibility for yourself. Then, okay, calm. Race up towards Meadowhead, because that is where the bus is at this moment. It's at Meadowhead Roundabout. I say race, of course, it was within the speed limit. Um, so I race up to Meadowhead, the bus is going, and eventually I can see it. But the thing is, how do I get from my car onto the bus? I am just now, it's a mission. I am fully focused on the phone. So I follow the phone down Chesterfield Road. The problem is that the bus keeps going down the bus lane. <laughs> I can't go down the bus lane. I did think about it, but I didn't... 
So I follow it down, and then we get to home base. And when we get outside, when I get outside home base, the bus pulls in. So great, right? I'm on it. So whipped out the car, ran to the bus just as the doors close. Bus sets off, so I get back in the car. I'm getting this phone. I'm not giving any thought now at this point to where I'm going to park the car, where the bus is going to end up. Is it going into town? In which case, what am I going to do? I am just having... I'm getting this phone. That is the only thing I'm thinking about. Then eventually it pulls in uh, just near the service station uh, on Chesterfield Road before you get down to Boots and everything. So... I cut the bus off with my car. <laughs> Straight in front of the bus. So this bus is not going anywhere. I am getting on to ask about the phone. So I race onto the bus. The bus is full. And um, I think the driver probably in a good mood because he's in his Christmas jumper. So I'm like, there's hope. So I said to him, really sorry, but my son's phone is on your bus. And he's tracked it all the way from Drumfield. Please, would you mind if I just run upstairs and have a quick look for it? And all of us are like... <laughs> At which point, he just produces the phone and says, is it this one? I was like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I didn't care what anybody was thinking. Thank you so much. Grabbed the, bu- grabbed the phone, realised, OK, I'm holding the bus up now. My car is in the way. So then run back, get my car and drive off. But at that During that period of time, my focus was totally on that phone. I was on that mission. I didn't care what anybody thought. I didn't worry about where I was going to leave my car. I was going to get that that phone. And to try and bring that back to the scripture, (laughs) that's the kind of focus God's looking for from us. We're not worried about what other people think. We're not thinking about, how am I going to get there? What am I going to do? We we are just completely and totally focused on him. He wants to work within us. He wants to mould us. He wants to change us. And he does it, as I said, through the process of the race and through every enduring step that we take. Yes, we'd rather the 100-metre sprint. Uh, we'd rather not go through the process. We'd rather actually, as well, we're quite good at trying to self-fix, aren't we, and trying to control things. Um, but the problem with that is that we're delaying things all the time. Thinking about the Israelites here, 40 years, they were delayed. We can't self-fix, but yet we try so hard, don't we? We try so hard to put everything right ourselves. And we can't because we're made to trust in God. We're made to allow him to change us and to work within us. I love this quote that I read um, in uh, Revealing Jesus. It says, so great is God's desire for an authentic relationship with us that he's moved by our honesty. He doesn't want us to come with a story or a facade, a perfect presentation of a masked life. He wants us, you me, just as we are, transformation, life change begins not when we hide who we are and what we've done, but when we come in open, honest humility to the Saviour, letting him know our every need, loving him with all that we are. That's what he wants. He wants us to come and to be honest. And then he can bring increase within us for the long haul. And he calls us to throw off Every hindrance and the sin that so easily entangles. Um, 
the word uh, in those is euperistatos, which, uh, yeah, I know, it's impressive, isn't it? That's the only word like that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say. Um, which actually refers to something that in, in, uh, clings so closely that it impedes movement. But we're called to throw it off, get rid of it. For me, that's often the mind. If I'm going through something, I don't understand why somebody's done something. I go over it and over it and over it and over it in my mind. That can really tie me down. And actually, I'm learning I've got to let go. I've got to focus. I need to focus on God. Because when I do that, everything calms down. Everything falls into place in his timing. Get rid of uh, every hindrance and the sin that's so easily entangled. And Jesus also threw out the shame. It says he scorned the shame. He didn't focus on it. He focused on the Father and not on all those feelings of disgrace poured out on him by his enemies or blasphemy or the taunts or the criticism or even the shame of death itself. Even though he was completely innocent, and an inc- such an incredible person. I don't know about you, but I would, at that point, been thinking, well, well, hang on a minute, why? Why me? I'd have been going over and over. I didn't do anything wrong. I'd want, to, I'd want to explain myself. I'd want to change it. But he didn't. And he didn't allow the shame to overcome him. And shame is so destructive, isn't it? It literally strips us of all our focus and all our courage. It's the lie that tells us we are worthless and we have no purpose. We need to focus on him and his definition of who we are, on his love, how much he loves us, how much he accepts us. That's what we need to focus on. We need to embrace the race. Sounds a bit corny, I know, but I really liked the definition of embrace. We need to embrace Jesus and we need to embrace the race and the process. When I looked at uh, the word embrace up in the dictionary, it said two things. One, it said, hold someone closely in one's arms. That's what he does with us. And it's what we do with him, isn't it? He holds us and we cling on to him. The second thing it said was the act accepting something willingly or enthusiastically. So if you take nothing else away today, remember that, embrace the race. Jesus has got you, hold on to him, fix your focus on him and run willingly and enthusiastically. Allow every hurdle to shape us, to uh, mould us and take time with him. And never, ever, ever undervalue the waiting Waiting is a verb. The only thing that's stopping, actually, is when we give up. And when we become complacent, we slow right down. But when we're waiting, boy, are we still moving forward. Because God is working within us. So never undervalue the waiting and never undervalue the resting either. Because that's not stopping either. Because when we rest in God, when we take that time, actually we move forward in leaps and bounds because we're working on our relationship with him because we're growing closer to him because we can hear his voice. So important. And Jesus' willingness to endure the trials came from his understanding that God would and could, could and would work all these things together for good, Romans 8, 28. So let's persevere. Let's keep going and spur yourself on. You know, we're, we're so self-critical. 
tell, I, I'm learning to tell myself, Jen, you're doing really well. Yeah, you didn't handle that brilliantly, but I'll tell you what, you handled it better than last time. So we're making progress. Um, really am. Don't be too tough on yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. So how do we run the race? The last thing, we cheer each other on. Uh, Hebrews 12, this is 14 and 15, says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. We have a great tool to cheer each other on, encouragement. And it's a thing that's so seldom used in the world. But it's such a precious thing. It's so much easier, isn't it, to judge and to criticise. And the problem is that when we criticise people, we, we affect two people's race to start with. We affect the person's race because we try to pull them down and then they've got more of a battle of the mind. And we affect ours because our focus has gone from Jesus. Now it's on them. And then other people get interested and they all get involved. Actually, let's be real championers in this church. You know, we are such a lovely family. And we ought to be encouraging each other all the time. We ought to be championing each other. Uh, Galatians 6, 9 and 10 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. You know, when Anne shared last week... She, she shared something really, really personal. And uh, I know the next day she felt quite vulnerable afterwards. It's our job to say to Ange, wow, that was amazing, that really helped me. Thank you so much for sharing that. I thought you were really brave. I thought that was, that was fantastic. Let's be honest with each other, because the world sets a bar of perfection. And actually, that's not going to help anybody. If we set that bar with each other that we have to be perfect, then we're all going to fail. Because actually we need each other's honesty. People say to me, oh, wow, you're so honest in your books and your songs and things. Why are you all, do, don't you feel uncomfortable about making yourself vulnerable? And the answer is, I just know the power of honesty. Because everybody thinks they're the only person, unless you share how you feel, and you share how you feel, and you share how you feel. We need to know that we're on this journey together, and we're with each other. I'm fully aware of all my imperfections, so why am I criticising yours? We all have them. But also, we're all different. And we, want, we need to be honest with each other. Brenny Brown says in her book, Daring Greatly, she says, um, she says, vulnerability is the thing I most want to see in you and least want, to see, least want you to see in me. Because people want to see other people fail. They want to pull themselves up. But then, obviously, through the book, she goes through and explains the power of vulnerability, how we can help each other in being honest and open about what we're going through. Let's break through that thing. I used to hate this when I was younger, that thing of, um, oh, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. Can I hear it resonating through the building? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. Actually, do you know what? I've had a really difficult week. Would you, would you pray for me? Or, you know, it, I'm really struggling with such and such. Oh, really, are you? Because I think you do that really well. I thought, that, I thought it was great when you did that last week. You know, there's so, so many 
ways that we can encourage each other. So let's do that. Let's be honest with each other. Learn from each other as well. Because the enemy weaves the deception and actually we want to learn from each other. You know, if if I'm sharing what I'm going through, then hopefully that'll give you some keys for what you're going through. And you can share with me what you're going through and that'll give me some keys for when for when I go through that that thing. We're all running towards the, the finish line and cheering each other as we go. And Jesus is cheering the loudest. He's cheering the loudest. Um put a scripture oh here we go yeah um it says in hebrews tw- uh, 3 12 and 13 take care brethren lest there should be uh, in any one of you an evil unbelieving heart in falling away from the living god but encourage one another day after day as long as, as it is still called today lest any of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin jesus is love he's all about love that's why he went to the cross He loves us and he wants us to love each other. He wants us to love each other through the race. And I'm not saying, obviously, that we then start to focus on each other. What I'm saying is, while I'm running my race, focusing on Jesus, I'm saying, come on, Jane, you're doing brilliant. Keep going. That's fantastic. Come on, Sue, that's brilliant. Let's do this. That we're cheering each other on as we're moving forward in his love. That's his commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. He loves and accepts us and champions us. Let's do the same. So this race is not always easy. It's often very hard, but it's so, so worth it. And I'm just going to finish with the amplified version of Ephesians 3, 16 to 21. May he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self indwelling your innermost being and personality so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width and length and height and depth of his love, fully experiencing that amazing endless love And that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God himself. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do, I love this, super abundantly, more than all we ask, more than all we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes and dreams, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Shall I pray you're going you're gonna to lead that, yeah? <coughs> Why don't you stay up here? Didn't you do well? Okay. <laughs> Great. Um, I can count at least four responses we need to do from that, okay? The first one is, that last, um, that last scripture read out, um, I don't know about you, but I couldn't catch all of that. I, I want all of it, Yeah. yeah. 
I actually want to receive all of that blessing. Um, sometimes we've got to have it a few times. So I'd love it if we'd all just stand up. I'm going to ask Jenny to read that over us again. And I basically want us to kind of go, I want it. Read it slowly, Jen. I will. I want us to kind of, I want us to kind of receive this as an impartation. This is, this is a prayer that is scripture. In other words, God's into this prayer. God is looking to answer this prayer. Okay? <clears throat> it's his idea, this prayer. So if you want to receive it, for yourself, just do that, yeah? So let's do that now, just receive that first um, and allow um, that to come as Jen just speaks this over us. Receive it into your hearts. May he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self indwelling your innermost being and personality so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith. And may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width and length and height and depth of his love, fully experiencing that amazing, endless love, and that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled up throughout your whole being to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God himself. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly more than all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. 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 As we're in that place of having received that love, of um, uh, there's there's conviction for some of you here um, because actually you haven't been operating with that love You've been criticizing and you've been judging others. And I just want you quietly now just to take a moment and just to say sorry to God for that. Um, are there people that you've pulled down? Not uh, Maybe in your words, but maybe in your actions, maybe in your thoughts. Um, it's affected you and it's affected them. Um, so let's, let's just internally just break agreement with that judgment. You might want to even speak that out. I break agreement with the judgments that I've made. Uh, towards this person and I take the cross and I place the cross between me and that judgment and I ask Lord that I would not reap judgment where I've sown judgment which is what the Bible says happens to us that you'd free us Lord by your cross where you forgave us and you believed in us and uh, you released us and your judgment uh, to us was overcome with mercy mercy triumphed over judgment 
And so, Lord, we choose that this day and we break agreement with that criticism and that judgment that we've moved uh, towards other people in. And we ask, Lord, that you'd, um, you'd change us to see people how you see them, to see with eyes of mercy, to see with eyes of faith, to call out the gold in people uh, everywhere we go, Lord, that we'd be those encouragers, just like you, Holy Spirit, are our greatest encourager. We pray we'd partner with you in the words that we speak to others. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Great. Uh, keep doing that. It's good to do that anytime you catch yourself doing that. There's two other things. One other thing is this. Jen, you need to stay up here. Um, one of the things Jen said was that one of the things that happens for her is that she can criticize herself. Yeah? And get into these cycles where um, she's, she's just putting herself down in her own thoughts. Yeah? Uh, actually, what I want you to do, if, that, if you're like that and you do that, I want you to actually come forward and stand at the front. Um, because there's a choice that this is broken. And Jen took that choice and said, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to stand and I'm going to start to encourage myself with how God sees me. If you need to stop doing that, I want to ask you to, to make today um, a line in the sand where you say, I'm not doing that anymore. And I want you to show that by coming up at the front and we're going to pray over you. So do that now.